Hello, we're taking a look into the life of Joseph again on Search for Truth today. If you were listening last week, you'll recall he was resisting the sexual advances of his boss's wife. Well, it gets far worse this week, as we'll discover shortly. But first, our Bible teacher Brian Johnston will take a step back to help those who've not tuned in until today. Yes, John, I think it's worth reminding ourselves where we've got to with the story of Joseph. We recall he's the Bible teenager who was betrayed by his siblings. Sold into slavery, he next ended up as the victim of sexual harassment and false allegation in a foreign land. In Egypt, where he was traded into slavery, he seemed at first to have landed on his feet with a reasonable master. He was even given responsibility. Quite extensive, in fact. All seemed to be going as well as, if not better than might be expected. That was until his boss's wife started showing inappropriate interest in him. Joseph had been raised to know the difference between right and wrong. After her advances were spurned, the boss's wife became furious, and turning the accusation against a defenceless slave, had Joseph flung into prison where I'm sure he experienced many dark days of doubting the goodness of God, the God who had seemingly tantalised him as a teenager with the prospect of greatness. But God shares, with us at least, the purpose behind his testing of Joseph. He shares this in Psalm 105, which informs us that the word of God tested Joseph. The years of waiting were a test, I doubt if God ever uses anyone in a mighty way without having first tested him or her. I heard a poem quoted once. I think it could be an abridgment of something not necessarily of Christian origin, but altered to serve a Christian purpose. It runs like this. When God wants to drill a man and thrill a man and skill a man, when God wants to mould a man to play the noblest part, When he yearns with all his heart to create so great and bold a man that all the world shall be amazed, watch his methods, watch his ways, how he ruthlessly perfects whom he royally elects, how he hammers him and hurts him and with mighty blows converts him into trial shapes of clay which only God understands, while his tortured heart is crying and he lifts beseeching hands, how he bends but never breaks, when his good he undertakes, how he uses whom he chooses, and which every purpose fuses him, by every act induces him to try his splendour out. God knows what he's about. God had a part for Joseph to play, and it would be more amazing than the description lyricists have given to his so-called technicolour dream coat. And Joseph was no exception to the rule that he that was going to be used by God would first be tested by God. God ruthlessly perfected him with the hammer blows of sibling betrayal. Then his being traded into slavery, where he was sexually harassed and falsely accused, and now we find him flung into prison and left there. We read Joseph's master took him and put him into the jail, the place where the king's prisoners were confined, and he was there in the jail. The nation of Israel, with its twelve tribes, 
would sometime later be tested by the hardships of their desert journey. It didn't turn out too well for them, you may recall. Moses told them, You shall remember all the way which the Lord your God has led you in the wilderness these forty years, that he might humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. He humbled you and let you be hungry and fed you with manna which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you understand that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by everything that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. David, Israel's most famous king in history, was also someone humbled through severe trials. He was exposed for years to his predecessors' insane jealousy. The apostle Paul endured many forms of persecution and hardships until he learned to be content in any circumstances and knew how to get along with humble means. And there we see God's goal, the goal of humility, God alone was to be the hero of their stories. As Joseph's soul went into the iron shackles of the prison, it was as if the strength of the iron went into his own soul. Strength of character was built up all the while his patience was being proved through waiting for God's unlikely promise to materialise. But the Lord was with him in the prison as well as everywhere else. This is what we read. Then it came about after these things, the cupbearer and the baker for the king of Egypt offended their lord, the king of Egypt. Pharaoh was furious with his two officials, the chief cupbearer and the chief baker, so he put them in confinement in the house of the captain of the bodyguard, in the jail, the same place where Joseph was imprisoned. The captain of the bodyguard put Joseph in charge of them, and he took care of them, and they were in confinement for some time. Then the cupbearer and the baker for the king of Egypt, who were confined in jail, both had a dream the same night, each man with his own dream, and each dream with its own interpretation. When Joseph came to them in the morning and observed them, behold, they were dejected. He asked Pharaoh's officials who were with him in confinement in his master's house, Why are your faces so sad today? They said to him, We have had a dream, and there is no one to interpret it. Then Joseph said to them, Do not interpretations belong to God? Tell it to me, please. So the chief cupbearer told his dream to Joseph and said to him, In my dream, behold, there was a vine in front of me, and on the vine were three branches. And as it was budding, its blossoms came out and its clusters produced ripe grapes. Now Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, so I took the grapes and squeezed them into Pharaoh's cup, and I put the cup into Pharaoh's hand. Then Joseph said to him, This is the interpretation of it. The three branches are three days. Within three more days, Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you to your office, and you will put Pharaoh's cup into his hand according to your former custom when you were his cup-bearer. Only keep me in mind when it goes well with you, and please do me a kindness by mentioning me to Pharaoh and get me out of this house. For I was in fact kidnapped from the land of the Hebrews, and even here I have done nothing that they should have put me into the dungeon. Thus it came about on the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, that he made a feast for all his servants, and he lifted up the head of the chief cupbearer among his servants. He restored the chief cupbearer to his office, and he put the cup into Pharaoh's hand. Yet the chief cupbearer did not remember Joseph, but forgot him. We might think, 
How is it possible that he could fail to remember the one man who was instrumental in his own release? But the word isn't used that way here or in other places in the Bible, such as when we read that God remembered Noah. You don't think God could ever have forgotten Noah, do you? No, used like this, the word remember means to think on a person with particular favour and do them good. In other words, forgot here meant not to intervene on behalf of. Somehow the cupbearer to the king got so distractedly busy he didn't stop to figure out how he could actually repay Joseph. In our next study, we'll see how Joseph's God-given ability to interpret dreams is itself the stimulus for prodding the cupbearer into action two years further on. Well, in conclusion, you remember how we said that Paul learned contentment in the circumstances of trial, discovering how to get along with humble means. You find that in Philippians chapter 4, verses 11 and 12. This may be God's goal for you right now. Are you being tested so as to learn greater humility? God wants to be the hero of your story too. It's at this point I give you the usual reminder that there's a free book to accompany this series which can be yours for the asking if you write in by post or email. It'll be a digital e-book unless you specify otherwise. We'd also be pleased to hear any comments or questions you might have after listening today. I'll be giving you the contact details shortly if you have a pen and paper to hand but The talk you've just heard today is also available to download via the internet in audio or text format. Now, if you just ask for Vital Home Truths, as I say, you can do this by email or post. So here's our postal address first. Hayes Press, The Barn, Flaxlands, Royal Wootton Bassett, Swindon, 
SN48DYUK. That's uh, Search for Truth, Hayes Press, The Barn, Flaxlands, Royal Wootton Bassett, Swindon SN48DYUK. Our email address is sft at churchesofgod.info. Now, you might be interested to know as well that many titles of Search for Truth transcript books have been turned into ebooks and are available at amazon.co.uk forward slash Kindle hyphen ebooks. And when you're in the Kindle store, just type Search for Truth, Brian Johnston, and you'll find them. Thanks very much for the privilege of your company once again today. The crew at Search for Truth here in the studio really appreciate your interest, so a huge thank you once again. I look forward to your company next week, if you're able, when we'll follow Joseph into the house of Pharaoh, no less. But until then, it's cheerio and very best wishes from Brian, David, our singers and me, John. So see you soon, and may God richly bless you. Yeah.